Hey everybody, welcome to this week of the Breakpoint Podcast, and I think that this is a topic that we are very amped to talk about, um, which is an understatement. Uh, We are going to be building the perfect tennis player. We're going to be going stroke by stroke, different aspects of what we think uh, makes up a tennis player, and selecting which player we think would best fit that role to build our quote-unquote perfect player. Um, This is a topic that I think is one of the catalysts for starting this podcast. Like Marcus and I would always just talk about stuff like this and debate it and get into random tangents. And now we're doing tangents for 30 minutes and posting it on the internet for everyone to listen to. So <laughs> you can see where our priorities are. So um, Marcus, give us, give, us, give us an idea of how pumped you are for this. Yeah, this is definitely going to be the most fun podcast we've ever done. Frank and I talk about this stuff all the time. Um, and yeah, like we said, you know, we were like, well, you know, we really think other people should hear this stuff and maybe get your comments and, and your thoughts back. So yeah, we're here. We're going to build the perfect tennis player. This is purely just our subjective opinions. And this is what makes us great. It's just going to be a lot of fun, a lot of back and forth banter here. So um, if you don't mind, Frank, I'll kick us off. How's it sound? Sounds good to me. All right. Go ahead. Okay, so uh, we're going to start off with uh, with the strokes, then we'll get into the other stuff later. So the first stroke that we're going to be building the perfect tennis player with is the forehand. Frank, who do you got for the forehand? So I think we should give like three nominees, and then we will limit it to one after discussion. I think that's fair, right? Okay, I'm with it. All right, my first nominee, Juan Martin Del Potro, forehand. Yeah um yeah 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 damn um another nominee would be rafael nadal yeah rafa was gonna be my second um and then third i guess we can discuss because it's it's kind of both of us but um i would truthfully probably go with fed i think fed because of that inside out forehand which is in my opinion is is his best shot uh the inside out forehand I would go Fed as sort of the third nominee there. Um, I think it's going to be funny because I don't. I, I, Djokovic is going to be a very interesting player as we sort of discuss these all. But uh, I would go Fed as my as my as my nominee there. I don't know about you. Yeah, definitely. And we're I mean we're talking exclusively about the forehand right now. So yeah, Federer obviously I think is actually number one on this list just because yeah because he can do everything with his forehand while meanwhile the other two guys are kind of specialists within their specific type of forehands nadal aka with the topspin um and we've got del potro with just the pure heat of which he hits it federer is able to kind of do everything with his forehand from any part of the court that's why i think he's got the most the best and most versatile forehand out of all three of those guys what do you think so my face of shock is not because i disagree with you it's because i agree with you and it's more so because I am going to almost certainly favor Federer throughout this process because he is my favorite player of all time. So I'm shocked that, that Marcus is actually going to let me have this one. Yeah, it's Federer. I think it has to be Federer. I think it's the most versatile forehand of any. I think no matter what type of shot it is, uh, Fed can hit it. I think that there's this, misperce- this misconception that Fed has a flat forehand that goes on in tennis sometimes and fed actually has a very whippy forehand and was considered very heavy topspin at the time um it was only considered quote-unquote flat when you compare it to somebody like nadal that's all sort of brushing up on the ball but um yeah i think fed has every shot in the book Uh, i think fed is probably going to be nominated for almost every category that we're about to say quite honestly um 
but I think forehand is going to be a definitely I would go with Fed just because the inside out forehand of Federer might be the greatest shot in tennis history quite honestly it's it's certainly up there um and and the directional uh, ability that he has when he's in that backhand corner and he runs around you genuinely don't know if he's about to just bomb it inside out or whip it inside in and that was what made him so incredibly dominant for quite a number of years there so yeah i think fed fed for the forehand pretty clear uh that's great so we broke backhand down in two two categories and this is one where i'm going to sort of default to marcus more because marcus's backhand is his favorite shot and he has a a much better technical understanding of it than me so we're going to start with the two-handed backhand who is your pick for two-handed backhand i've got three nominees for the two-handed backhand number one is murat safin the Honest, one of the most powerful and just most consistent backhands that you've ever seen, especially from a guy that tall. He kind of pioneered the tall guy backhand, especially with the jumping off the left leg, or, or off the right leg, but picking up his left leg. Um, he's got one of the best and cleanest backhands I've ever seen. Number two, David Nalbandian. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, no, David Nalbandian is like one of the goat backhands I've ever seen just because the way – I watched him play a lot when I was a kid. He's one of my favorite players. And the way that he could just do anything he wanted with that backhand, deep cross court, deep down the line, he's like, he's he must have taken steroids just in his left arm because the amount of topspin that he could whip cross court was just absurd. What do you want to say, Frank? He would also be my nominee for kicking. He would also be my nominee for kicking, if you get that that reference. Yeah, and you know what? We're going to do a podcast on like most outrageous tennis tantrums. So, yeah, we're going to save it for that one. Um, that's a good idea. But, yeah, no, now Banyan's backhand, like one of the best of all time. And he also hit the fastest backhand of all time, by the way, at 100 miles an hour. So, respect to him. Um, he's got the, one of the dirtiest backhands I've ever seen. Number third nominee, I'm going to have to go with Andre Agassi. You can't, yeah, ooh, I like that face. Yeah, no, no, no. Agassi is got one of the best two-handed backhands um, that you've ever seen just because of his ability to take it on the rise and dictate points with it. It's something that we had never, ever seen in the tennis game before. And honestly, I don't know we've seen it since, the way that he could take it on the rise and bang it around the court. So, I, I generally agree. I don't. I think actually, two-handed backhand is going to be the toughest category of any of the ones we're about to say, because I think there are three more players that deserve a shout. Number one, Novak Djokovic very clearly deserves a shout. Uh, number two, whether you can believe it or not, is Sasha Zverev. Sasha Zverev has one of the best backhands I have ever seen. I mean, the way that he is able to... I, I've never seen anyone hit an inside-out backhand the way that he does, truthfully. I, I've never seen anyone do that. And three, um, speaking of people that sort of revolutionized the two-handed backhand, I think you have to mention Bjorn Borg. Bjorn Borg is another one that sort of gets a shout for me, uh, is sort of like a revolutionary of it. Is he going to be on the... It, it, would he be my pick? No. But I think he deserves a shout for sort of revolutionizing the stroke. Um However, Agassi, I think, is the one that's going to be the, the, the debatable one for me. I, I have Agassi elsewhere, and I hear what you're saying, but I think it's really, really hard to not put Novak Djokovic on this list just because Novak has been hitting that backhand against Rafa's left-handed topspin forehand and Federer's inside-out forehand. 
So that, that for me would edge Novak there into the category. However, my pick for if I'm building a tennis player, the, the two-handed backhand that I would want is Murat Safin. It is. It's Murat Safin is the one that I would pick. Yeah, same. If I had to pick one out of, again, Novak also fantastic backhand. Um, but yeah, if I, again, we're here to pick one. We're here to build the perfect tennis player. So forehand, we've got Federer. Backhand, we're both going to go with Murat Safin. For two-handed, that is. Now, let's transition to the one-handed backhand, which is a very specific and also magnificent stroke. Um, my top three nominees. You ready? Uh, Richard Gasquet. I think one of the best one-handers that I've ever seen. Absolutely. Yeah, Frank's going to give us his deets in a minute. Stan Wawrinka, that guy could absolutely thump the ball from anywhere in the court with that thing. Um, and number three, um, this is going to be a really tough one. I don't, you know what? I, I really, I'm trying to find someone because I, honestly, I really don't think Federer's one-hander is that good. I'm I'm dead serious. I think that there are other guys in the history of tennis who have had better one-handers, but none of them are coming to mind right now. So I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna stick with those two, Gasquet and Vavrinka for now. Okay, number one, the third person you're thinking of is Dominic Team. It's definitely not. Wow, that's all I have to say to that. Um, now my three, Stan, Stan the man is number one. Um, I think it's a real testament that that Stan, his backhand has been able to go up against again. Novak and and Rafa who have by the way Rafa is somebody we missed on the two-handed backhand Rafa has a fantastic two-hander and nobody talks about it but like his two-hander is fantastic um Stan Stan the man I think uh, is number one for me I don't think Gasquet is is on this list because I think it's just an unorthodox weird shot it's beautiful it's a great it's one of the all-time great one-handed backhands but I don't think that it's better than Fed's I think Feds is better, um, and I honestly would say that for the third one, I would go Dominic Team. I, I I would go Dominic Team because I I don't know if there's ever been somebody. He does a lot of really unique sort of things with his one-handed backhand that I think, especially in the era that he plays in, for it to be as effective as it is, is really a testament. To how good Dominic team is. Um, however, I think we are going to be in agreement on this. The one-handed backhand that we would pick for the perfect tennis player is Stan Wawrinka. I, I think it's very clearly Stan Wawrinka for what it's worth. Yeah, I would pick Stan over Gasquet, but I think Gasquet's backhand is better than Federer's. One hundred p. I think if Federer had Gasquet's backhand, Federer would have beaten Nadal a lot more. I think honestly. Um, you're forgetting about one thing, though. The one-hand backhand also includes the slice, and Fed has arguably one of the best, if not the best, one-handed backhand slices of all time. That's why he's been so effective on grass, right? And I think that all gets sort of packaged in this deal, and, and that's why I think Fed has to be top three. It's, again, like, that's that's why Fed's going to show up a lot on this list. It's the versatility. Fed has every shot in the bag. Yeah, I mean, it's impossible not to mention him in every category because the guy is just, like, theoretic. I mean, before, okay, before Djokovic kind of came along and dominated, this guy was, like, the most built tennis player 
all around. Um, and now I think I think it's Djokovic, but we can get we can get to that That's, later. But yeah. We're not doing this. We're not doing this right now. <laughs> um, okay. So now on to one that I think is an interesting one that people have a lot of like bad opinions on. It's serve. I think there's a very t- there's a big tendency for people to just like go for the six foot eleven guy that just bombs serves and like that's not I don't think that's necessarily a good serve like it, it's an effective serve there's a difference but it's not necessarily a good serve for me when I think of the best servers in history I'm thinking really of uh, uh, of two people that come to mind um, there's probably going to be a third that I'm going to remember later on but the two that stand out for me are Pete Sampras and Roger Federer. Um, Roger Federer may have the most accurate serve of all time. That is, like, well-known on the tour. Like, people say this all the time. And I think Pete um, not only has the devastating power that somebody who is 10 inches taller than him would have, easily he has the best second serve of all time. Like, I don't even think it's a discussion, quite honestly. Pete has the best second serve of all time. So... Those are the two that jump out to me. I know it's going to be surprising not hearing like Isner or Opelka or, you know, Ivo Karlovic, you know, whatever. But uh, those are the two that I would instantly think to nominate here. How are we having this discussion and you were forgetting the name Andy Roddick? That's the third person that I was clearly forgetting. So there you go. Yeah, um, I think for just for my own I, I do think Pete Sampras has the best serve of all time so I think we're going to be in agreement there however Andy Roddick's serve is one of the best servers of all time I think it's better than Federer's I think it's I think it's honestly second best of all time don't get me wrong Federer's serve the the accuracy that Federer brings and the ability just to hold serve without needing incredible pace true however Roddick's serve just meant so much to him and he kind of revolutionized the serve in terms of speed and aggressiveness now let me ask you a question Frank hypothetical here is Andy Rod if Andy Roddick had an average serve, like an average ATP tour serve, would he be a top fifty player? Oh, no, no, he would not be. Um, and I don't no, no, for what it's worth, I don't disagree with your point. I I don't disagree with it. I I, I think Roddick does deserve to be in the top three, hundred percent. I just think that when I listen to people who are much better at the game than me than you, they all bring up Federer serve. They all bring up Fed and Nick Kyrgios, another one they bring up because of his ball toss and it's impossible to read. But, um, you know, I, I have also just seen like Fed on grass in particular, which I know is a very like subject, like, is a very niche sort of thing. And it, this guy is just so effective at holding um, over and over again. So. Yeah, I think Fed deserves to be top three. I think Roddick deserves to be top three, but my pick is Pete. I mean, Pete's serve is just, that was ridiculous. I mean, for a guy of his size to be bombing the ball at 140 mile an hour plus, and then to follow it up with like 120 mile an hour second serve, is just ridiculous. He had two first serves. And not to mention that he did that with like a 85 square inch head strung at like 75 pounds. With natural gut. With natural gut, he was doing that. Imagine if you gave that guy like a shaped modern polyester string to some of the serves that he would be able to do. It's kind of like ridiculous to think about. Um, And on the historical scale, because I'm going to do this throughout of like bringing up players historically who like we may not necessarily think about, the two that come to mind are Big Bill Tilden 
and um, I think his name Pancho Gonzalez is uh, who won the U.S. Open in like the 30s, 40s. Another revolutionary server. So those would be my two historical shoutouts. One historical shoutout for me, Roscoe Tanner. Great one, great shout. 140 mile an hour serves with a wooden racket. So huge shout out to him. Great shout. Um, I love that, Frank. Let's get into the conversation of speed slash footwork. Um, this is a very tough one. Oh, you think you want to split this up? Two very clear nominees for me. Two very clear. Hit me. Um, Novak Djokovic, number one, uh, one, and Rafael Nadal, number two. I think those are very, very clearly another level to everybody else, in my opinion. I think you can maybe give a shout. You're going to laugh at me. Um, to like a Ferrer or an Albanian. Well, I'm not an Albanian. I'm sorry. Schwartzman. I was thinking of the wrong Argentine. Um, but I, I think Rafa and, and Djokovic very clearly above everybody else. You're missing two extremely key players in this conversation. Leighton Hewitt. Okay, sure. Whatever. Maybe speed. Yes. Speed. Yes. hundred percent. Footwork. Okay, I'm talking pure, purely speed here. Speed. And this, the next one's going to be a speed footwork Ga- combo. Guy Ga- on If you want to do pure speed, Monfi. Okay, ready for the next one? This is going to be a low-key one. And this guy we would definitely never, ever, ever put in the conversation of serve because he might have the worst serve of all time. Guillermo Coria. That's a good shout, and you're not wrong about that. For footwork especially, you're not wrong about that. Um, But I just think if you're going to go with the Coria thing, Nadal is just like, is better. It's just better. Nadal's just better in every aspect, right? And he has better speed. So uh, you know. Yeah, I mean that's. Debatable. And I think in I'm terms try- of, I'm, I'm trying to like bring it down purely to this aspect because I think sometimes we get kind of lost in the, well, Djokovic and and Nadal are like the greatest tennis players of all time. I mean, if we do look at their speed and footwork, I'm not going to argue with it. This is like obviously some of the best. I do think Coria deserves a massive shout, and I also think Hewitt deserves a massive shout for pure speed. But that's just me. In the end, who would I pick? Honestly, I'm going to pick Coria. I think that that guy was lightning fast and had some of the lightest feet that I've ever seen. So that's my hot take here. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can continue with that hot take. I'm not I'm not doing that. I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go Novak. I'm going to go Novak. I think Novak is the best hardcore mover of all time. As the, I'm gonna, I would also throw in flexibility here because we didn't really bring that up, but... You know, flexibility, balance, Novak, greatest of all time by a wild margin. I've got a fantastic flexibility honorable mention. You ready? Hit me. Paradorn Shripapan. Stop. Just enough. Have you ever seen that guy move on the tennis court on YouTube? He does full-blown splits even better than Novak. I just... Make me regret. This is exactly what I was talking about when I said, like, the nonsense that goes on. But, um... No, I think it's Novak. I think it's Novak. Novak, when uh, when you factor in all three surfaces, I think it's Novak. Nadal's right there because I think Nadal's a freak on clay, but uh, I think you got to go Novak. Um, all right, we're going to move on because that was just uh, nonsense. Um, this, I think, is another really interesting one. It's return. So I'm going to give my, my people. Uh, number one, Andre Agassi. Number two, Novak Djokovic. Number three, Andy Murray. I think he absolutely deserves a shout. People forget about Andy Murray. And and listen, you want the truth? Andy Murray, I think, was a very close honorable mention for me for two-handed backhand as well. Um, I just don't think he's better than the people that we named. But I think he deserves a shout. 
Um, and I think for speed footwork, Andy Murray is another one. I mean, one of the best defensive players ever, in my opinion, especially because he did it against the three greatest players of all time uh, and managed to win a gold medal, year-end number one, ATP finals. Oh, and he won a Wimbledon in the U.S. Open, so not too shabby. Um, yeah, I, I think I think, um, I think those would be my, my, my clear sort of three there. I agree with Djokovic and Agassi for the return. Um, and I think we're going to make a decision in a second about who we're going to honorably pick. I would replace, if I had to do like a top three or three in general, I would replace Murray with Jimmy Connors. I think Jimmy Connors had one of the best returns ever. And especially at a time when ser- there was a premium on serving back then. And he was one of the best returners of all time. And that's how he won. Because he remember, Jimmy Connors did not have a really good serve like at all. His serve was actually really bad. His return, though, was absurd. Especially his two-handed backhand return with the, with the titanium racket. That's how the guy won Wimbledon. I mean, I, I think that it would be silly not to mention him. Yeah, I like that shout. I like that shout. Jimmy Connors is a good one. I would also say Yvonne Lendl. It's the same sort of deal, right? Premium on serve. Lendl's serve was good, though. I mean, it wasn't bad, obviously, but um, Lendl's return was was considered, again, like that that sort of revolutionary uh, sort of deal. But, yeah, I, th- I think the top two are very, very clear of everybody else, in all honesty. I think Agassi return and Novak return are just on another level to everybody else. Um, if I had to pick... I'm going to go Agassi. I'm going to go Agassi because I'm going to say that Novak's return is partially due to his movement being, his flexibility, movement, balance being off the charts. And I think when we're doing it from a pure redirecting the serve power, hitting it deep every time sort of thing, yes, I I think it's really hard to look past Novak. But what you're also, saying is you're changing your switch. To your I, to the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, it's got to be Novak, or doesn't it? God damn it. All right, yeah, it's Novak. I, I tried. I I really I want to get Agassi on here. I feel bad. Like, I want to get Agassi on here because I think he deserves it. Like, he is an all-time great tennis player, but he's just, yeah, it's got to be Novak. Yeah, I mean, before Novak Djokovic came along, it was clearly Andre Agassi with the best return of all time. Wasn't even debated. And then this guy Djokovic came along and just completely dominated and. I mean, his ret- dude, his return is just so absurd, and he does it against all serves, righty, lefty, tall, short, spinny, fast. It doesn't matter what you're doing against him, he's just going to put it back, like, right near the baseline in the middle, and he's just going to basically dominate it. I mean, we could all, I mean, if we wanted to, we can go on Google right now and look up, you know, percentage, uh, you know, how many percentage of games broken. It's I'm Novak. Sure. I know that's that. It's right? Novak. And, and the person that we forgot here that deserves a shout is Nadal again. Nadal, one of the was considered the best returner in the world up until Novak came into the game more. Um, so yeah, it, but but I think it's Novak. It's just got to be Novak. I mean, the, the, I think Novak's return is arguably the best part of his game. Quite honestly, if uh, you know, but whatever. Um, okay, so one that Novak will definitely not be getting: mental toughness. Um, who would we pick for our mentally toughest? Um, nominees here Novak Djokovic you're insane you're insane no, why half insane? of his half of his career he was a mental basket case no um, I don't think he can okay play and then he got it together and became the greatest tennis player of all time and he starts that we're not talking about that we're not doing that on this podcast T- tell me someone who's more mentally tough than Novak Djokovic um 
my pick here is Nadal. That's my pick. Like my 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 nominee number one is is Nadal. If I had to pick like a uh, other nominees of who I would think of, I actually would throw Djokovic on there as a nominee. I I just think Nadal is very clearly better. Um, uh, the other one that comes to mind is maybe maybe Lendl. I think honestly Lendl I might throw on there. Um, but you know I I just I think Nadal is very clearly the pick for this. I'll respectfully shoot down your argument of Nadal because when it came to playing head-to-head against each other in mentally tough situations, Djokovic has prevailed more than Nadal. I I give you, I think that prior to this calendar year, 2021, it favored Nadal. I think that that French Open loss really hurts Nadal's case here. And and I know that's the match you're talking about, and I I agree, and I do concede it. I think I think that is the like that was like that is an inflection point in the history of the the debate of who is the greatest player of all time. Where if Nadal wins that match, he really he pulls ahead in the major lead. Number one, number two, Novak is down to nineteen rather than twenty, and loses the whole Grand Slam thing that he he potentially had this year. And three, I think that that was like a mental hurdle that, yes, Novak had already beaten Nadal at Roland Garros, but the fact that it wasn't a one-off, that it was now a he-has-done-it-twice situation, I think adds something more to Novak's resume, in my opinion. Um, I still would pick Nadal here. I think in terms of the ability to use the crowd, etc., I think over the course of his career, Nadal has done that better, and I have seen Novak get mentally shaken up. I understand that this year is an exception, right? Novak has continuously come from two sets down this year and won the matches just seemingly out of nowhere, quite honestly, but I think it's Nadal. For that same reason that you just mentioned Nadal in the crowd, I will say Djokovic because Djokovic has to deal with crowds not liking him more than the other two guys and him being able to deal with that and still win regardless and tell himself in his own head that they are cheering from him and even before this year Nadal uh, sorry Djokovic has owned Nadal in most major finals and can we not forget about the 2011 season when he went 6-0 and against him in six finals I don't know I just think mentally Djokovic not his whole career, I'll admit it. In the beginning, he was a little shaky, but the fact that he became who he was, he is the most mental. I've never seen anybody serve so clutch in tough times, and I've never seen anyone play that tough in, in clutch times. Again, Nadal, I'm not saying Nadal's not mentally tough here. Let's make this very, very clear. Nadal, for me, is like a, an extremely close second, but I give the edge to Novak. That's just that's just my pick, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I just I give the edge to Nadal because I look at I, I value more the consistency over time, and I think that I think that favors Nadal. I think if we're looking at in terms of like peak mental toughness, like at their height, whose mental toughness would I want? Novak, right? I think Novak this season alone, the mental toughness off the charts. Um, just dealing with the pressure alone, off the charts. Um, but I think if we're looking at it over the course of a career. I would I would go with um, I would go with Nadal. Although I will say this, a player on the tour today that I think 
has the potential to unseat both of these guys mentally toughness-wise in this category is Daniil Medvedev. And I'm not even saying that sarcastically as a joke, like as somebody who likes him a lot. I'm saying that as like Daniil Medvedev, like legitimately, I've never seen a player actively want the crowd to go against him and like use it to win and get into his opponent's head as much as he does. It's unreal. So so Daniil gets a shout. Um, we're starting to ramble, so I want to I want to keep us going. Um, I'm going to skip durability because that's kind of like, that's a tough one to talk about. We're going to go on to volley net play. And this is where I think the older players are going to be much more relevant than, than in other categories that we've talked about here. I think there's one nominee and one nominee only that is the shout here. And we're going to say it at the same time. So three, two, one, McEnroe. Yep. Okay, done. That's it. There's nothing more to say here. I I actually think that's the easiest category on this whole thing. I think John McEnroe's volleys, we have never seen anybody like him. We will we will never see anybody like him in terms of hands and, and everything like that. So definite, I think it's McEnroe, and it's not close to – there's nobody close, in my opinion. Yeah, folks, if you haven't seen John McEnroe play, I highly recommend you go on YouTube and just type in any sort of you know Wimbledon match that he's played in and just watch the man volley. It's the most insane thing that you've ever seen in your life. It's just incredible with like very non-conventional technique as well. This guy had the hand of the hands of God. Yeah, no, he's ridiculous. I, it's McEnroe. It's not 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 even close. Not even a discussion. Um. So the next one I wrote down is intelligence, like tennis intelligence in terms of tactics, stuff like that. But I guess this is who is the most pragmatic tennis player of all time. And this is one where I think the answer is very clear. Um, can you guess what I'm going to say? I'm going to I don't know a specific name, but I'm thinking that you're going to pick someone who has had like kind of like really bad technique, but has made the most of it due to his intelligence. Or, or non non natural tennis skill. How about we let's go with that? Yes. So I think that that okay. So now there's two players I'm thinking of because <laughs> that's actually a fair point. Um, the player that I was originally thinking of is Novak Djokovic. If there's any player who I would count on to learn to learn how to figure out how to win a match, it's got to be Novak, right? Um, I actually think Federer, despite being you know, in my opinion, you know, we all know how I feel about him. Federer is not on this list. Federer is the most naturally gifted tennis player of all time. That I think is unarguable, like inarguable, inarguable. But uh, in terms of like learning how to win and 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 everything, I think Novak is very clearly the answer. Um, the question that Marcus just posed of who has made the most of their abilities, believe it or not. I really think that Diego Schwartzman deserves a shout. I think what he is doing at being at like, I don't even know if he's 5'7", honestly, but being that tall and playing in the game today, which is at its tallest that it has ever been, right? I think the top eight players in the world that were at the ATP Finals, Novak, who is like 6'2 and a half, looked minuscule next to all these guys. The fact that Diego Schwartzman was in this tournament last year is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, so Diego would also get a shout out to me. I think he, I, I want to shout out Diego Schwartzman on this list in some way. So this is the one that I will do it on. Fair enough. Diego is a good pick. Can't argue with Diego in that. Um, as far as intelligence, yeah, I'm picking Djokovic. Guy's smartest tennis player of all time. I mean, I've seen it. He's changed his tactics against Nadal, Federer. Whoever he's kind of lost to, and then he just figured out how to way, ways to win and kind of break people down in ways that 
you don't even kind of notice when you're watching, but then after you watch for a while, you're like, oh wow, he's actually doing that. Um, and I and I agree with you. Federer has no place on this thing because he did not figure out a way to beat Djokovic and Nadal in in many events. And I just don't think the problem with Federer is he's almost he's almost too talented for his own good. That's kind of why he's not that intelligent of a player. I'm also giving a shout to David Ferrer because David. Yeah, Ferrer, I was thinking of him too. Yeah. I was thinking of him too. David Ferrer deserves a massive shout because of his stature and also dealing with playing with those players and still being a consistent top five to ten player. Um, and he just would not give you anything. You would never ever say to yourself, wow, that was a kind of a wrong decision by David Ferrer. No, this guy's one of the most brilliant tennis players you've ever seen uh, step on a tennis court. So I, I think he deserves a major shout. But again, we're, we're rolling with Djokovic. And yeah, I mean, it's tough to argue against him. Um, so the last category we got here, and I just wrote this in actually as we were potting. Um, this is kind of a fun category. Best trick shotter of all time. Who do you got? Okay. So I think Federer does have to be on this because nobody has ever hit a tweener the way that he does. And I think naturally in order to hit trick shots, it's indicative of like your natural talent for the game. And if we're saying that Federer is very clearly the most naturally talented player of all time, these two kind of things are inherently the same question. So I think Fed would be my ultimate pick. However... Monfi has to be right there. I think Monfi has to be right there. He's like crazy. He does like some crazy, ridiculous like jump shots, whatever. Another, I don't even know if I would call it a trick shot, but like another of like the most iconic shots of all time is the slam dunk of Pete Sampras. Um, but again, I don't know if I would count that as a trick shot. It's kind of that I'll let you decide that, but you are missing one key player who i'm thinking of in this debate you ready and you're gonna probably go oh yeah yeah ready fabrice santoro i mean his serve is a trick shot so yeah why not <laughs> i mean the the two hit the two-handed forehand slice the drop shots the crazy tweeners i mean marat safin said he would rather go to the dentist and get his teeth pulled than play this guy jensen brooksby hear me out jensen brooksby i i wild shots he pulls off that two-handed backhand slice is literally i've never seen anything like that (laughs) it's so wild um i really like him so yeah i i hear you on that but i think it i if we're saying who's gonna who's gonna win this category i I would give it to fed because i think that fed can just do every shot in the book if he really if he actually went for it he could do it yeah i guess i don't know i just i I'm so attracted to the way Santoro kind of just did, tri- but because the thing was, his game was predicated on trick shots, and he made such a great living out of it. And he did some stuff where I'm like, okay, no one's even ever thought of doing that. So that's where I kind of give the edge to him. But again, this is why we have this debate, so we can kind of share thoughts, go back and forth. Um, yeah, guys, if you have any sort of you know gripes with with what we've picked here today, or if you want to share your opinions, please, as usual, on Instagram, Breakpoint Podcast 7, DM, comment, however you want to contact us. Um, Our email, breakpointpodcast7 at gmail.com. We are willing to go on even more banter about this stuff. Um, Frank and I are always up for a good chat, so yeah. I think you're going to get a lot of flack for your fed one-handed backhand opinion. I I think you're going to get ripped. Yeah, look how much I care enjoy that for once it's not going to be me that's getting ripped for my opinion so (laughs) i'm usually the one that gets torched shout out to pablos
Yeah, join the club. Um, I'll put it right in my suggestion box. It's it's, uh, it's also the same thing that I put my trash into, so works out. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, as always, DM us, hit us up on uh, Instagram. You can uh, email us at breakpointpodcast7 at gmail.com. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review. Tell us what you think, why you enjoy us. Um, and that's, uh, that's just going to about do it for us. Uh, thanks for listening guys. Have a good one. Enjoy. See ya. All right. Take it easy guys.